0: what is up guys and welcome back to the third episode of Brit Happens where today we'll be taking a deep dive into the life and work of the next Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. Kamala Devi Harris was born in Oakland, California on October 20th 1964 to two immigrant parents. Her mother, Sharmila Kapalan, a biologist from India who has worked on the fight against breast cancer, and her father, Donald Harris, a professor of economics at Stanford University who was originally from Jamaica. Growing up as a mixed-race child in America through the 60s and 70s has almost certainly shaped Harris into the woman we know today. She is frequently mentioned in interviews that when her parents divorced when she was seven, Her and her sister would visit her father in Palo Alto on the weekends but they weren't allowed to play with the other children in the neighbourhood, purely based on their skin colour, and like I say, without a doubt, that has influenced her position in race relations going forward into politics. Years later, Harris and her sister would move with their mother to Montreal, Quebec, Canada, where the mother had taken a position at McGill University. A lifelong friend of Harris's, Wanda Kagan, recalls confiding in Harris at a young age. Coming to Harris to talk about how she was being abused by her stepfather, Harris's mother would insist that Wanda stay with him for her final year at school. Harris would even privately... Harris has even privately stated that this duty she felt to protect her friend helped her form the commitment she felt in protecting women and children. Harris would later return to the US to study at Howard University in Washington DC gaining a degree in political science and economics, much like her father, before returning to her birth state of California to attend law school at the University of California and become a member of the Californian Bar in 1990. Shortly thereafter, Harris was hired as the deputy district attorney for Almeida County in California. For context, a deputy district attorney would assist the acting district attorney with screening cases for criminal prosecution preparing and entering into criminal plea agreements and even assisting victims of criminal offences with counselling. Harris would continue to move up the ranks in the DA's office. In 1998 she would be appointed as Assistant District Attorney for San Francisco, where she most notably prosecuted murder, burglary, robbery and sexual assault cases. Now it was time for Harris to step up to the plate and run for the role of DA for San Francisco which she did in 2002, where she would strongly oppose the death penalty, a somewhat controversial stance at the time. Harris stated that life imprisonment without parole would be a better and more cost-effective way to deal with the harshest of criminals, a stance she still maintains today. She would win 56% of the vote for District Attorney and become the first black American to serve as San Francisco's DA. and data shows that Harris's approach as DA was indeed effective. For her seven years in office, the violent crime rate took a steady decline in the city, as well as property crime showing the same trends. Kamala knew what it would take to bring those to justice in the city, and she executed her plans efficiently. But Harris wanted to help more people and make sure that the entire state of California was safe for its residents to live in. In 2008, Harris would declare herself in the race to become Attorney General of California. It took some time and a tight race, but just over two years later, in 2011, Harris was sworn in as the first female, first black, and first South Asian American Attorney General in Californian history. I think it's safe to say that even by 2011, Harris was a glass ceiling breaker, a role model for young women, and especially South Asian women across the country. But there are more ceilings to be broken, and break them she did. Now we're going to get into some legislation talk, as Harris begins her role as Attorney General for the state of California. Considering that California has, for the most part, always been a democratic state, it's surprising to learn that in 2008, the people of California voted for a constitutional amendment called Proposition 8. This would essentially rule out gay marriage statewide, stating that only marriages between a man and a woman would be valid. I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this, but Harris opposed this heavily. She stated that the ban on same-sex marriage was unconstitutional and even challenged the amendment in the United States Supreme Court in 2013. The court found that the amendment was indeed unconstitutional, and days later the ban was lifted as Harris made a speech in downtown LA urging for it to be struck down.
1: We're here today just to to have a conversation about what an incredible day in history it is. Um, Today, the United States Supreme Court finally, the highest court in our land, uh, declared that marriage, yet again, it's the 14th time the court has declared that marriage is a fundamental right, and as applied um, to same-sex couples, then means that all couples are free to marry the person they love.
0: Harris would continue to serve the state of California for years to come as Attorney General. Having hands in criminal justice reform, LGBTQ plus rights, public safety, sex crimes and environmental protection, undoubtedly making her one of the most progressive lawmakers in the United States. But there is more to come and more ceilings yet to be broken. Taking a quick look at Harris's personal life, in 2014, Harris would marry Doug Emhoff and become a stepmother to his two children from a previous marriage. She's even gone as far as to state that many different titles in politics would be great, but the title of Momala will always be the one that means the most to her. Harris recalls being extremely nervous to meet Emhoff's children after her parents own divorce when she was young. Yet, according to Harris herself, Cole and Ella... Her new stepchildren could not have been more welcoming. Even having a functional relationship with Emhoff's first wife was a surprise. We sometimes joke that our modern family is almost a little too functional," she told Elle magazine. A Senate seat for California appeared vacant in 2015, and Harris knew that this was another calling to serve her people. A long, long Senate campaign finally came to fruition in 2016 as Harris was elected to the Senate. Immediately following her victory, she voiced her intentions to protect immigrants from policies of then-President Trump, a standing which would stand true to this day as Harris would later run against Trump and his Vice President Mike Pence in the 2020 election. As Senator, Harris was in far greater position to voice her concerns about the way the country was being run by President Trump. Most notably, at the beginning of a hearing to nominate Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. For context, President Trump was within his right to nominate a lower ranking judge in the country to the Supreme Court and had nominated Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh had been accused of sexual misconduct in the years prior to such nomination. And only hours before his hearing, documents were presented before the Senate but were not given adequate time to review them. Take a listen to Harris's response.
1: On the nomination of Mr. Judge Chairman Brett Kavanaugh, Mr. Chairman, to serve as Associate Justice, Mr. Chairman, on the I'd Supreme like to be recognized for a question States. before we proceed. Regular order, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to be recognized to ask a question before we proceed. The committee received just last night. Less than fifteen hours ago. Forty two thousand pages of documents that we have not had an opportunity to review or read or analyze. You are out uh, you're out of order, I'll proceed. We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I extend this a very warm welcome. to His wife hearing Ashley, on the nominee. There are <laughs> two daughters. Mr. Chairman, I agree with my colleague, Senator Harris. Mr. Chairman, Judge we received Kavanaugh's 42,000 documents that we haven't been able to review last today. night, and we believe this hearing should be postponed. Ex-
0: As you can hear there, her points were completely ignored by Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, who is, unsurprisingly, a Republican in favor of Kavanaugh's nomination. Following a long and grueling hearing between senators and Kavanaugh, He would later be sworn in as the new Supreme Court Justice. Harris would be the thorn in the side of many public figures to come before the Senate in her time, including the U.S. Attorney General William Barr, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, and Judge Amy Coney Barrett, earning her a reputation as a no-nonsense Senator, a blessing and a curse at times. After only three years as Senator for California, Harris would attempt to run for President in the 2020 election. What is interesting to look back on now is that during the Democratic primaries, the way in which the Democrats picked their nominee, Harris and future running mate, former Vice President Joe Biden, clashed heavily on the subject of race relations in America, further cementing her persona as a no-nonsense Senator. Harris was seen as a progressive candidate for president, which I think the Democratic Party was not ready for at the time, given the failure of Hillary Clinton's presidential run four years prior. That being said, Harris would withdraw from the running in December of 2019, citing a shortage of funds, and would go on to not only endorse Biden as the Democratic nominee, but stand by his side in seeking the office of Vice President of the United States.
1: And what a testament it is to Joe's character that he had the audacity to break one of the most substantial barriers that exist in our country and select a woman as his Vice President.
0: Harris would take her experience as a debater, attorney general, district attorney and senator into the only vice-presidential debate on the election campaign against then-vice-president Mike Pence. Safe to say, Harris would come out of that debate looking much stronger than Pence, as she stood strong on her stances on racial inequality, criminal justice reform, civil rights and many other topics, whereas Pence would come off as non-committal to many subjects. Plus the fact that a fly perched on Pence's snow white hair for much of the debate was hugely distracting. After the largest election in United States history, Harris would emerge as the first female, first black and first Asian American to serve as vice president. In her victory speech, she would cite her mother as her biggest influence, as well as go on to inspire millions of women around the country to dream with ambition and not let their gender, ethnicity or sexuality be a barrier to their success.
1: To the woman most responsible for my presence here today, my mother, Shyamala Gopalan Harris, who is always in our hearts. Uh, When she came here from India at the age of 19, she maybe um, didn't quite imagine this moment, but she believed so deeply in an America where a moment like this is possible And so I am thinking about her, and about the generations of women, black women, Asian, white, Latina, Native American women, who throughout our nation's history have paved the way for this moment tonight. Women who fought and sacrificed so much for equality and liberty and justice for all, including the black women who are often, too often, overlooked, but so often prove they are the backbone of our democracy.
0: And that is it, guys, for our third episode of Brit Happens, where we talked about the life and work of vice president Kamala Harris. Hope you enjoyed, and stay tuned for the next episode coming soon. So stay safe, wash your hands, and we'll see you next time. Bye.